All episodes of It's Great Business reflect the views and opinions of Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group and its guests and do not reflect the official policy or guidance of employers or government entities. You're listening to It's Great Business, sponsored by Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, where great business equals great people. Welcome to another episode of It's Great Business. And I'm Janice Berg-Levy. And today I have with me James Brown. Now, I could be, you know, I could joke, James, because I am sure that this is old as can be, but I would say, I feel good. How about you? <laughs> I feel great. And you the first person today, Janice, to uh, <laughs> okay. reference that one. So congratulations. <laughs> I'm sure that's just very old for you. But let me tell you guys a little bit about James. He is the founder and he is the chief encouragement officer of EncourageX.com. EncourageX is a digital platform designed to help people stay positive, be resilient, and build happy relationships with their friends, family, and colleagues. What's interesting also is that prior to his focus on encouragement as the nourishment for happy and healthy relationships, he spent over 20 years working as a marketing and commercial leader for some of the world's most innovative companies like Dow Chemical, Kraft Food, General Electric, and Royal Dutch Shell. He also shares the name, as we just joked, of the R&B legend, James Brown. Many of his colleagues call him the hardest working man in whatever industry he has <laughs> served. What an intro. Well, we're going to have some fun today, and I really, now I can say, hey, I interviewed James Brown. So, <laughs> so here, here we go, James, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Janice, and as you can imagine, my entire adult life has been filled with lots of references to the godfather of soul, yeah. and I've, I've learned to enjoy it because it makes people smile every time they dance or sing or both. Absolutely. And, and it's memorable too, which is great, I, especially with networking, which has been a big topic of uh, this series, right, about networking. But, but before we get into all of that, tell me a little bit about who you are beyond your, your bio that we just uh, served up and really a little bit about where you believe your purpose and your passion are. Yeah, I think the best way to really explain kind of my history and my journey line has been, you know, I've come from some fairly difficult circumstances growing up. First generation to finish college as well as um, an advanced degree. And what's interesting about that for me is that my parents always believed in education, even though they didn't really have much formal education on their own. And, you know, it's, a, it's the American dream, right? To go to college, start a career, and you know, make a decent living, buy a home, all those things that we all aspire to. And I would say that looking back, I realized that, you know, once you achieve a certain level of success and some wealth, um, you realize that there's a lot more to life, mm. right? Mm -hmm. But until you actually get to the point where you can actually realize that money isn't the only thing you're focused on, it's hard to focus on other things. Right. Right. But, but during that process, though, the role of encouragement has really been central to being able to realize the first steps of that American dream, especially when you come from circumstances where 
the people around you may not have experienced a lot of success. They may not know what it means to go to college. They may visualize it as a great thing to do, but when it comes down to some of the practical ideas and tips and, and tools to achieve that goal, they, they may have nothing really to offer. But the encouragement aspect of it, when people have the right tools, when they have the right tips, it can make every bit of difference on mm -hmm. helping people to believe in themselves enough to keep reaching higher, to achieve the thing that has never been done. Wow. So you've got this encouragement piece of it. And how does that, how does that all work? Tell me about your kind of your career journey and how you ended up figuring out how to create this business. Yeah, I'll tell a fairly quick story. It actually kind of goes back to when I was 13 years old, was living in Chicago. My dad came home one day and said, we're moving to spring from Missouri. I'll be back in two months to pick up the family and you'll start school with probably two months left in your eighth grade year. So we were back in the old days uh, looking for the Atlas to figure out where Springfield, Missouri was at. Uh, just, <laughs> there was no Google Maps. You had to actually go to the bookshelf to try to find some information about where we were moving. And, you know, I, I will say that it was quite a, quite a culture shock when we, in fact, arrived on that Friday and I started school on that Monday morning. As I sat outside the counselor's office, waiting for my student ambassador to take me around to classes, I sat there with a necktie, horn rim glasses, a leather briefcase, and penny loafers, sitting outside in the, the waiting area. And my student ambassador, Doug Pitt, showed up wearing a 10-gallon cowboy hat, cowboy boots, and a gigantic belt buckle. It felt immediately like this is extreme culture shock. Mm -hmm. and. I can remember, you know, those first two months really feeling kind of like a fish out of water, not quite knowing mm. what my dad had gotten us into. But the summer went by. I went out for football, met a few other classmates of mine. But it was that first week of school when the three junior high schools were entering Kickapoo High School that they were announcing the freshman class elections. And I can remember during homeroom, a classmate of mine that I had briefly met the previous year. Tracy George looks back at me and says, you should run. <laughs> I said, run for what, Tracy? She's like, you should run for president of our class. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea why she is thinking that I should do this. She's like, there's something about you I think people would really respond to. I said, well, that's nice of you to say, but I don't really know if that's true or not. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not nothing I've ever thought about doing. She said, well, think about it. And so I went home that night and around the dinner table, I was talking to my parents about my day. And I told them I was thinking about running for freshman class president. And before I could get the word president out of my mouth, my mother said, deadpan, those kids are not going to vote for you. Mm, wow. And it was, it was kind of spirit crushing to just hear someone kind of give you zero chance. Especially your mom. Yeah, especially your mother, right? And my dad looked up and said, well, you know, it's up to you, but you may want to take your time. We've just been here a few months and we're still trying to figure this place out. So I went back to school feeling kind of 50-50-ish if I was going to do this. But there outside of homeroom was Tracy George. She's like, JB, we need to get your name onto a petition so we can get your name on the ballot if we're going to do this. And so I said, I'm not really sure if I'm going to do this or not. She's like, why? I told her what the conversation was like the night before. 
Mm-hmm. He said, well, I kind of understand, you know, why you have some hesitation. She said, but before you make your final decision, I want you to consider three things. And by the way, Tracy is now the assistant vice chancellor at Vanderbilt University mm. and also a dean of the law school. Wow. So she gra- graduated salutatorian of our high school class, was valedictorian at SMU, I think, and then went to Stanford Law School. Just very bright. Uh, mm. But anyway, at this point, we're 13 years of age. We're freshmen in high school. She said, number one, your mother is wrong. <laughs> she said, number two, I'll be your campaign manager. And number three, you're going to win. And I have to tell you, Janice, it was a transformational experience in my life to have mm-hmm. someone to believe in you before you believe in yourself. Great. For someone to see something in you that you didn't see in yourself and to be willing to put their own social capital on the line um, after knowing you for only a few months. I just would have never considered doing that. It was, it was life-changing. And the, the even better part of the story is, at least for me, four years later, I ran for student body president. And my younger sister, four years my junior, ran for president of the junior high school that I had only spent two months at. Mm-hmm. And it was an opportunity to see if you, if you were encouraged by someone, it's amazing to see what that ripple effect can have on right. another group of people. Because I think she saw me doing things. I made a point to make her feel like she had no reason to have any barriers. If there was any hesitation by my parents, I was able there to be her Tracy, right? To mm-hmm. say, you mm-hmm. got this. And I know for sure that when I talked to Sue, who's now a producer for CBS News in Chicago, mm. it's pretty amazing to see whether you want to call it paying it forward, whether you want to call it giving people the confidence that they need. It's, it's absolutely priceless. I would not right. be sitting here today with the opportunities in front of me. And I'll just go one step further to say that when I applied to Notre Dame for undergrad as a, as a senior, the same kind of hesitation by my parents. Oh, that's such a great school. God's not sure if you really, you know, have what it takes to be there. There was Tracy again saying, you've got to be out of your mind if you don't apply to Notre Dame. You've got the grades, you've got all of the clubs and leadership skills. Those kind of schools are always looking for diversity. It's like, you're going to be a shoo-in. And so again, I I apply and get accepted and get a half scholarship to Notre Dame. Sweet. So it's an indirect way of of answering your question, but after 20 plus years in corporate America, seeing the impact of the positivity of someone encouraging you, but also experiencing with some managers, something, something less than that. Right. People that are not actually trying to encourage you at all. Yep. Actually, some that are feeling like they're competing against their own employees. Seriously. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible waste of capital. It's a, it's a disservice to the title of being a, a leader or a manager. And my kind of summation of all of this is I don't think that any child, any employee, any teammate should go without encouragement especially if the people just don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Encouragement is a currency that we mm-hmm. all have an endless supply of, mm-hmm. but you actually have to exchange it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you exchange it, it creates this really interesting virtuous circle, You know, whether it's husband, wife, manager, employee, son, daughter. If we focus more on encouraging each other, it fills 
the gap that mm-hmm. most of us fill with making fun of each other, jokes. Guys are really notorious about this. We have nothing to say, so we'll we'll make mm-hmm. fun of each other. It's like, I get it. It's funny for like three minutes, but three years from now, it hasn't done anything to build yeah. that relationship. Yeah. So James, it's interesting yeah. because tell, maybe you, for our listeners, you can tell them a little bit about where your career started. Yeah. And sure. how, yeah, because that'll really, I think, paint an interesting picture. And then in terms of where you're at now, which clearly you can, you can feel the passion. Yeah. And, and the purpose that's without saying I think at this point but yeah what did what did you study yeah so I'm I'm a classically trained marketing salesperson mm-hmm. I studied marketing and psychology at Notre Dame I considered actually the priesthood um, that was part of the rationale for applying to Notre Dame originally mm. yeah I changed my mind um, sophomore year I, I saw there were some other things I might be interested in at Notre Dame so <laughs> I could <laughs> I could be a good servant and also do some other things. Yeah, but I studied marketing. I did sales training with Dow Chemical. They had a really extensive commercial development program. Mm -hmm. I had no interest in going to get my MBA, but I applied to Kellogg and to DePaul, and I hesitated on applying to Kellogg. Once again, it was my friend Tracy saying, you need to go for it, right? There's no reason why not to at least buy. It only costs 50 bucks, and I wound up getting in. But I spent most of my time in, in, in sales prior to do my MBA work at Kellogg. I went to craft, did brand management for a minute or two, <laughs> but really spoke mostly to marketing after, mm-hmm. after getting at uh, Compaq and HP and then Shell and did a lot of strategy work. So you get into, so, so very similar backgrounds that we have, obviously that's how we, we hit it off. Um, just for our listeners. And when you think about, you know, how you define success today versus kind of how you, you defined it yesterday, you, you touched a little bit on the whole financial piece of it, but if you can share a little bit about success in your mind, what does it look yeah, like? I think that early on, again, when you don't have money, it's very much a big part of your focus. Yep. And so I, I'll, I'll say it this way. I, I had a goal of, you know, making a, a million dollars and having it in that fund of money that you don't really need. And mm-hmm. once I achieved that and I had a goal of paying off my home by the time I was 40 years of age, I did that at 40 and a half. So I was feeling at the age of 53 now, um, I was feeling at the age of 40 and a half or so, like I had really kind of achieved some things financially. But it seemed that every incremental bonus check or incremental deposit that I made that got beyond my living expenses, I, I didn't really increase my level of living, if you will, significantly. I just kind of, The Millionaire Next Door is one of my favorite books, by the way. It talks about that lifestyle of just because you can doesn't really mean that you should. So I've sort of maintained a similar lifestyle. And after 10 years of living that way, where you really weren't trying to getting beyond living paycheck to paycheck, my wife and I, who's also a very successful executive for Texas Children's Hospital, we've had many conversations about, so what is the point of all of this? Mm. You know, besides sending your kid to private school and, you know, having a couple cars that you, that you like in the driveway and having a home that's paid for, what's really, what's really the point of all this? Right. And so when I was with Superior Energy and the energy business took a significant downturn and I got a significant opportunity from a severance package perspective to leave, my wife said, you know, if you don't 
take that money and try to build this platform you've been talking about for the last 15 years, she said it'd be a real shame for your best music to stay on the song sheet, never to be played. Mm. And when I thought about it, I said, you know, I had sort of prayed on it that if I ever had a certain amount in my bank account, that one account that I didn't really need, mm -hmm. um, that I would try to put, as she called the James Brown mine on this encouragement concept to see if it was feasible. And after about six months after leaving Superior, I realized that all the pieces were developed to a point where this platform could actually come together. And so I, I wrote the first check. I've never written a, a check for anything to develop any kind of entrepreneurial activity. But so here I sit um, four years later and starting to get celebrities and athletes and content thought leaders to be on EncourageX to share their experiences in a way that it's actually beyond what I had originally had imagined. So, so okay, I'm, I'm dying and I'm sure the listeners are. When you talk about celebrities, can you give us any scoops without giving anything away? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the folks that we're starting to deal with are folks that have finished their careers playing sports at this point. I was actually just on a call before we got on today with Scott Hamilton, the Olympic mm. gold medalist for the wow. 1980 Olympics. Sure. Scott's been through, I think, four bouts of cancer. He has done some amazing philanthropy and fundraising with various communities all over the world. He's adopted two kids from Haiti. He's just an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. And to hear his stories about overcoming adversity when physically he really was undersized and really had no reason to be fighting through things that he overcame. Mm -hmm. And then mentally fighting through things. It's just such an amazing thought leader on so many topics that you mm -hmm. realize that it's, it's more about the will than the skill until mm. you develop the skill, right? But that will yeah. that he applies to everything that he does is pretty powerful. There are several other uh, Notre Dame athletes, ironically enough, that have kind of come back around and said, I remember you, James. It's amazing to see what you're doing. And so we've talked with Tim Brown. Uh, Ryan Harris is another Super Bowl winning athlete mm. that is doing content. And so today it seems that a lot of the folks of my generation are also finding their purpose. Yeah, yeah. And trying to create content and experiences and foundations. So we're, we're starting to tap into that. And, you know, ultimately, of, of course, we hope to, you know, ladder up to the to the Oprah's and the Obama's and all those folks as well. But mm -hmm. we're and I'll say it this way. Uh, we consider all of these curators to be amazing contributors to our Encourage X family. And they're all rooting for us to, you know, get to I'll call it that top level group of people that have already written books and are valued, but they don't have it into that snackable form that allows you to mm -hmm. encourage the people you care about. So we talked a lot, you talked a lot about corporate. If I'm an average, we'll just say average Joe or Jane, right? How do I access that kind of content? Because that sounds like it would be really helpful for anybody. Yeah. So we started out to a large degree with the white label experience for companies. Mm -hmm. And so Comcast was our first big client, and they're using EncourageX for managers to encourage their frontline employees. Vanderbilt Medical Center, mm -hmm. University Medical Center, is also using EncourageX to encourage folks after training for doctors, nurses, and also healthcare professionals. But as you might imagine, Janice, my, my big dream for this was 
or people like my parents that had envisioned great things for their kids, but you know they hadn't really experienced a lot of these things they wanted. So right. for them to try to encourage in that direction, not easy for them to know kind of what to say, mm-hmm. and more importantly, what what not to say. You yeah. know, never never tell your child that they can't do something. Mm-hmm. Kind of encouragement one hundred and one. It should be about trying to get people a path forward, even if they can't mm-hmm. see it. And so in 2021, our major focus is what we call the independent curated collections. So people that are not white label experiences for companies. So independent curated collections that are sourced on the open platform, as well as for people like Scott Hamilton. There are a lot of retired news anchors that have lots of foundation and content work, the athletes as well, Mm -hmm. that their collections are either subscription-based, meaning you pay $8, $9, $10 a month to get access access to the collection, Mm -hmm. or you can have a sponsorship collection, which is free to the public, Mm-hmm. And they're bringing in their corporate sponsors from BMW, Nike, or some of the other firms that mm-hmm. are starting to to sponsor these collections because they they love the opportunity to get that goodwill association. Well, with, yeah, it's a great it's a great CRM. Yeah. It's a great customer care benefit, right? That you know all of these companies are trying to create that, as we know as marketers, right? The stickiness in that relationship. So that sounds like it would be a great value add. Yeah, above the BMW, beyond getting the magazine, right? <laughs> yeah, the, well, the BMW is a great one because they have a, a huge initiative for women in male-dominated industries like mm-hmm. the car industry. Right. Um, and so a lot of the content that they're sponsoring on one of these collections is all about empowering women. So if you have someone like my wife, who's the executive vice president at Texas Children's Hospital, has over 8,000 employees, she's in a, a highly male-dominant industry. And mm-hmm. there are times when, you know, my brand of encouragement for another guy is not exactly the same type of sugar yeah. that, you know, is appropriate for mm-hmm. trying to encourage her. And so even just the content, the authorship, like male authors versus female authors of content. Sure. So yeah. I'm a listener of this podcast and you have gotten my interest so piqued. Tell me, how do I, how do I access your information? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So as an individual, you can sign up on EncourageX.com at no cost, and you get full access to our tools for curation, scheduling, storing, all of the encouragements you may receive from someone, mm-hmm. as well as the ability to schedule and deliver all of your encouragements via text, email, Slack, whatever channel of communication that you want to use. If you're interested in what I would call advanced or premium content that gets Mm -hmm. into the really specific aspects of topics and situations, you can subscribe to either free collections from celebrities and thought Mm -hmm. leaders in the space. And in most cases, they will also have a paid subscription for eight, nine or 10 bucks that you can get full access to their library. The one that's really fun, honestly, is I've, I've enjoyed this one is there's a collection called uh, North Star. Mm-hmm. It's an encouragement fundamentals, empowering African-Americans. We have some great case studies now on leaders that have done some really specific encouragement for African-American employees and colleagues that has just been, I'll use the word again, it's been transformational in those relationships. Mm-hmm. Someone to actually receive a quote from a civil rights leader in Atlanta and the person actually is based in Atlanta. 
like, gosh, how would they know that that's what right. I needed to hear right now, right? And it's exactly what they need to know because it was curated by an African-American who's a corporate leader who understands the nuances of that. Whereas they say, I would, I would have never thought of this, right? On right, how to actually right. That's fantastic. So we're going to switch just for a couple of fun facts and, uh, and go from there. So tell me something. Who's the person that you admire the most? So I, I would say there's probably three people that come to mind immediately, and I'll go chronologically. The first is my friend Tracy George, who inspired me at a very early age in junior high school and then on, in college, in high school. And probably the second person is really my, my wife, Michelle. Interestingly enough, Michelle has very similar DNA to my friend Tracy in lots of areas, especially from the encouragement perspective. And for her to have the courage to say, go do this thing, which it was going to be expensive and no real clear path, I think is pretty amazing. And then I think my 11-year-old daughter, Sarah, she's very inspiring to me to see how she takes on new challenges, um, how hard she works at things. And she's just an old soul. I love just listening to her perspective on things. Sweet. Very sweet. So now we're going to switch to favorite city. My favorite city. I, I, mean, I enjoy Houston and Chicago, two places I spent the most, okay. the most time in. I also have always enjoyed Northern California area. It's just got a nice mm-hmm. earthy vibe to it. Me too. Favorite food. My favorite food. I really love fruit smoothies, actually. Okay. Kind of one of my staples, yeah. A little healthy, healthy there. We're getting a lot of healthy answers. So this is going to be kind of fun. Yeah. Very good. So thank you so much. How can listeners reach out to you? Website, email? Yeah, I think encouragex.com is a great place for folks to start. We really feel like we are an oasis in the middle of all of the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that we've all been facing. A lot of folks are responding back with their experiences of encouraging folks. They want to send an email to support at encouragex.com. That's also fantastic. We're reading all that content. Wonderful. So James Brown, thank you so much for joining us on It's Great Business. It has been super fun and very encouraging. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well played, Janet. <laughs> Absolutely. Little marketing twist there. Love that. Thanks for listening to It's Great Business, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Intracoastal Marketing, LinkedIn at Intracoastal Marketing and Strategy Group, and Instagram and Twitter at It's Great Business. And visit us on the web at intracoastalmarketingstrategy.com.